Welcome everyone to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. We have the roundtable here with Kramer, Greg, and Kem and Swiss here. So we're talking about the new Atom 2.0 white paper, the Cosmos Source event that happened this week. A lot of news and still digesting a lot of it, but wanted to start picking everyone's brains here. Thanks guys for making time. That's the first of many updates to talk about the new techonomics. So the inflation schedule is under proposed to, to change quite drastically when we launch the new interchain security features. Um, Kem, Kramer, Greg, I don't know who to pass the ball to first, but whoever wants to unmute, I mean, what's, what's your general takeaway here? What, what's more bullish, the, the interchain security or the, the inflation rate drop off? So personally, between the two, I guess if I had to choose, I think I'd say the interchain security is a bigger deal um, just because of what it opens up for the entire ecosystem and, and really gives a lot of chains a lot more um, opportunity. Uh, and therefore, that means that we're hopefully going to get better, better products, better protocols, um, and then they'll be more secure as well because they can share that hub security. Um, although I do think the change to the inflation is definitely a an improvement um there was always that that criticism with adam that the inflation was a little too high um they had to do something to offset it so that it was uh the net inflation is more reasonable and i think this was a great way to work that in um it is a really big change obviously to uh how they're distributing their tokens but overall it, it's making adam a lot less scarce and a lot less uh inflationary in general and to me that's that's a better economic token model so yeah and it's making it a lot more attractive too because as we know for the past five years adam has kind of spun its wheels when it's come to governance and making major changes because they were focused on you know the side chains and the app chains but i mean with the interchain security letting them lease security from adam in exchange for rewards i mean that is building a trove of wealth in the Cosmos hub now, which we haven't seen in the past. So to me, that's that's definitely the most bullish thing I heard, I think. Yeah, I think from a tokenomics perspective, the, the interchain security introduces the fee share model, right? So the transaction fees paid to the Cosmos hub, they get distributed among the community pool, delegators and validators. But when you add interchain security, there's going to be this portion of transaction fees and issuance from each consumer chain um, that's using that security from, from the hub. These fees will be going into the stakers of, of the Cosmos hub. So it's, this, it's opening up a, a whole new pool of, of transaction fees, too, that you get as a staker. Yeah, and I think that's always been one of the kind of knocks on Adam is where's the value capture. And I think this is kind of showing here here's where our value capture is going to be and here's where we're going to really um you know take over and try to do this correctly and transition into the next stage yeah i mean you you pair that with the the, the shift in the supply schedule and there's there's just two huge bullish uh tailwinds and there's a chart in the white paper that shows the issuance under the existing slash old model and what it will look like under the new model. And it's much, much lower. So they're, they're shifting from a exponential growth of issuance to a linear 
growth of issuance. So it's it's a lot more sound and it's it's gonna I think help answer these questions because you there's a theme I, I noticed in the conference um that I think these devs are really trying to pitch Adam as uh institutionally appealing asset, right? We see this happening a lot in the the commentary. A lot of VCs and institutions, people are starting to take a notice to Cosmos chains. And so anything that they can do from a governance angle to to kind of button up some of these questions, I think is going to be a huge help for the ecosystem. And I think we're already seeing that happen, right? Um, I mean, the other, I guess, the, I, go ahead. And I'll just, I'll just say, I have, if I had one criticism, though, with their new um, token model, I guess, it would be how long they're issuing the tokens. It's supposed to go out, I guess, like 60 months total. I just I just really feel like that could be extended much longer uh, to incentivize, you know, security, to incentivize people to stake the token um, for a longer period of time. Because after five years, essentially, they'll be completely issued. And to me, that's not ideal. Um, so I, I guess for me, I, I see Adam being having a long staying you know, that staying power in the in the general blockchain space. So to me, I'd want to see that extend on maybe 10, 15 years um, to really show that, you know, this, we plan on being around for a long time. And honestly, I think down the road, as, you know, we develop more of IBC and realize how important interoperability is, Adam will be one of the, the major players. So I think that long-term vision does actually make sense for them when it may not make sense for a lot of other chains. Yeah, I mean, I'm still digesting all these news updates, but I know I noticed that they talk about having a steady state issuance of 300,000 atom per month being reached in 36 months after this uh, this transition phase. So I don't know when this is supposed to like. I think once they reach that, then it would stop. Uh, I think then it stays but... at that 3300,000 atom per month. That's like their steady. That's what they want to be issuing every month. Yeah, and then I think if if the staking rate falls below a certain percentage, then this this I think is reflexive in some way. It's, yeah, that's um, what it looks like. Yeah, when, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, there's so many moving pieces in this in this new release that, like, I don't think we're. I mean, I'm still working through it personally. Um, there's a lot here to unpack. What were you going to say? You brought up like if the staking rate drops below something, it affects, you know, what's going in. But I feel like that's another major part of this is just how big a role liquid staking is going to play in, you know, Cosmos 2.0. And I was reading through, I don't know if it was a tweet thread or something, but liquid staking more or less solves the issue of liquidity versus staking by letting you do both at the same time. So potentially it should have a positive, like a net positive effect on the total staked over the next, you know, six to 12 months. And kind of to Max's point about like the five year, or even if it's three year and then it stays, I mean, we've seen reports out already from major institutions saying that by 2030 Cosmos is expected to have such and such market cap or you know whatever else so anything i agree a longer time horizon seems better for the ecosystem or better i, I don't i don't know what it's better for but that kind of bothered me as well yeah yeah I just, 
anytime you can spread out the the length that you're providing incentive to provide security, the better. Um, because there's always that fear. Now, granted, with with consumer chains, with the you know interchain security, um, you know the hub should be profiting off that in, in terms of you know fees and other things that they're gaining from these consumer chains. So maybe that is what they're going to use to incentivize uh, validators and, and people to stake. Um, but I guess for me, just generally, when you if you want to incentivize people, they have to know that you know they're going to have this X amount of you know revenue coming in that they can count on and you can bet with inflation because you can, you can basically look at the schedule and, and understand what, what your future is going to look like. So when, when you say it cuts off after a certain amount of time to a validator, you could say, Hey, why am I incentivized to keep validating after this? Um, and that's where the value accrual comes in for Adam. If there's enough value accrual and enough fees being generated, and then those are eventually feeding the, you know, what's driving the incentive to secure the chain. Well, now there's no problems, but that's something that's yet to be seen. So. Yeah, they, the the liquid staking piece is really, there was a big focus around this as well. Um, there's, the white paper mentions it a lot. Um, so it's a great point to, to bring that up. I mean, as far as managing take rate, right, that is going to be huge. And so the protocols that are are actively involved in this, um, I think we're going to see see some some proliferation of, of competition. Um, and they even talk about, because I know that, there was something about the the new atom they're going to implement liquid staking native um so i i think it's i don't fully understand how that's supposed to work but they do talk about having a competitive marketplace for liquid staking in the white paper so i think they're still expecting um various protocols to be competing and and um efficiently improving the ux of yeah. of liquid staking right well and i and i know there's going to be major players like lido who are, are already trying and i think may already be um working on this liquid staking for adam and then you're also going to have these other um zones like or you know basically app chains like uh stride and quicksilver that are going to be offering all these different cosmos ecosystem liquid staking derivatives so i think Stride already has Atom, and they just came out with Stars uh, liquid staking. Whereas I think Lido and some of these other bigger players will directly focus on Atom and the hub. And to me, that's kind of what you were pointing out earlier. Swiss was like how this they really are starting to move towards this in institutional um, audience that they're trying to gather and, and really get them on board. And I think you know through liquid staking, that's an easy way to do it. A lot of these these major um, players like Lido, that's that's all they do, right? And once you give them that opportunity, they're going to come over here. They're going to try to make it as profitable as they can. And to me, that's good for the overall Cosmos ecosystem and definitely good for the hub. As long as it doesn't yeah. become too centralized. Right. And that was one of the things, The I think the kickoff talk, like the way uh, they talk about Adam, I mean, they refer to it, it is kind of a, been a meme coin, right? This this uh, problem of no value accrual. I mean, they're really addressing a lot of issues, right? With this, with this new update, and it's it's very encouraging. So, um, yeah, Stride Stride seems ahead of the pack. I know that a lot of their angel investors, like Sunny from Osmosis and others, I would I would assume Stride is going to lead this um, as far as kind of land grabbing the cosmos. So, really glad that we we have our validator running with them and continue to do that. So I guess the other, 
one of the other parts of the white paper, I don't know if, if we've had a chance to fully unpack it internally yet, but the, the interchange scheduler and the, the MEV marketplace, do any of you guys, have you guys had a chance to wrap your head around this concept? Because it seems to be this, this seems to be a very novel thing that no other blockchain does. And I'm still trying to figure it out. So I don't want to say, I don't want to misspeak, but it's kind of complicated. Yeah. I, I've, this is something that I'm actually been meaning to dive into because like you said, I, I recall them bringing it up in the actual Cosmoverse presentation. And I remember, you know, in my head thinking, I've not heard those before. Um, and obviously went and checked out in the white paper and I've, I've read a little bit about it. I understand the interchange scheduler is supposed to be a mechanism for, I guess, taking advantage of the MEV um, on chain, but that is about where, it leaves off for me. I have not been able to dig into what, how they function or I guess how the hub anticipates them um, adding value. I, I mean, I understand how they're going to add value, but I guess the details of, you know, how this is going to function um, so that we can add value to the token. Yeah, I've uh, read through, you know, a couple of things once or twice, but it's still a bit technical, not going over my head, but it's definitely a slower read than uh, most things, so I don't want to. I don't really want to misspeak either at the moment. Yeah, I think it's it's they're they're trying to. The, the goal is to democratize the benefit of of the MEV because I think the way they talk about it is a lot of the value from the MEV is going to validators and others, but not really much for the users of the chain. And so, if you can somehow recapture that and distribute. The revenues from that to token holders um great but i'm not i'm not really fully under you know i don't fully understand how this is supposed to work so one thing i mean it's it's a, i've never heard of any other project doing anything like this so it seems pretty emerging tech and keen to see how you know i'd, I'd love to see a little bit more on this some content from them to explain how this is supposed to work um otherwise i know there was a bunch of side talks there's a bunch of other stuff going on here a bunch of other projects showing presentations and things um kramer you did a great thread on stride i don't know if you wanted to highlight some of that and then i guess the circle news too we can talk about yeah definitely so stride i'm just talking about stride quick um for those that don't know, it's liquid staking platform on the Cosmos. Uh, it was one of the first to come out. They beat Quicksilver by a few weeks now, but um, they're basically focused on just liquid staking, meaning they're not splitting their team and focus up on a native stable coin or a DEX or any other real DeFi lane. So their main, I mean, they talked probably for five or 10 minutes on security and how they're focusing on security. And since they've got a narrow, narrower lane, there aren't as many entry points for, you know, hackers or malicious actors. But one of the bigger things that I saw was they tapped into immune five for a $500,000 bug bounty that I'm not sure if it's live right now, but it's going live very soon to find critical flaws within the chain. And they mentioned that 500,000 is just the starting point. They're going to continue to, you know, kind of roll through these bug bodies as they keep adding in more features and more uh, staked tokens. 
Uh, as Ken mentioned earlier, you know, they're already on Adam and Stars. And I think the graphics said they're adding Secret, Juno, um, and one or two other coins that I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, I mean, like uh, Swiss mentioned earlier, you know, Stride is shipping just as often as Kujira with, you know, new updates and new features and everything like that. And that kind of brings to the Stride Kuji news where uh, they released that ST tokens will be able to use as collateral on the USK stablecoin, essentially meaning that you'll have the opportunity to collect staking yield while minting stablecoins. And they use the term decentralizing buyout, which I have not heard before. So pretty interesting stuff. I think that's one of the cool things, seeing a, a chain like Stride that has chosen to just laser focus on one thing, that they're how quickly they're able to ship when they literally are just focused on liquid staking and nothing else. And they're able to really just do that to the best of their ability. And I think that that's, I hope we see more chains like that in the cosmos. Cause I think that's one of the really unique and cool things is you can launch a chain like that, that just does one or two things very well and not have to worry about the other things because a lot of that is provided to you through other app, app chains. So like you said, you don't need to do a stable coin. You don't need to have a DEX. You don't need to have all of this other stuff because someone else is building it. So you just concentrate on your thing and knock it out of the park. And I think that they're, they're doing that a hundred percent. And I do think that is a big, big change in the space right now that we're going through is it used to be everyone wanted to spin up their own uh, sovereign layer one and build out all the primitives underneath it. You can kind of think of like the Ethereum model, that kind of um, monolithic structure where everything feeds into that that main chain. And, and now we're seeing a completely different view with IBC and interchain security, where it's more about focusing, like you're saying, on what you can do really well, whether that's a specific function or if it's a, a, a DAP that does a, you know certain things, but it's not really about building out the entire layer one infrastructure anymore and all the primitives. And I like that because now it allows certain, you know, platforms to do exactly what they're supposed to do really well and focus on that. Like we're talking about stride. And I thought they've done that. They've done a great job of, of really building out, you know, this liquid staking module. And now they are the leaders and first movers in the cosmos because of that. Um, so again, I really do like the way that this is going. I think everyone does better when they can focus on the one thing they do well, instead of doing a bunch of things average. Um, so yeah, I think just in general, this is, this is a good shift. And I think the thought process around how blockchains should work and especially how they should scale. Um, when, when you have all these applications on one monolithic structure, it becomes really burdensome on the validators on the chain, everything. So splitting it up through IBC and individual validator sets while retaining the ability to communicate between all of them is enormous in my eyes. Yeah. Just to play off that a bit, there is this. I've sensed this thing happening in the cosmos, like you had the Terra blow up. And so we were super veering off into uh, Uber decentralized everything. Everything's going to run in this, this algorithmic way. And that didn't really work. And so now you have a pivot, you have the circle news. They're going to build and integrate on cosmos, which is uh, very controversial at the moment, but uh, as well with, like Kujira, this is grown up DeFi stuff, right? Like we're not going to pay the yield with fee, uh, with, with uh, in 
arbitrary inflation. It's going to be paid with fees from the protocol and such. And so the ability to use um, Stride to mint the stablecoin versus uh, uh, a directly controlled element, right? You can use you can use Atom to mint the the USK. The fact that two different parties are controlling development of those two protocols is going to help them navigate these regulatory proposals we've been seeing within the past two weeks. But I think, yeah, to your point, there is this shift, this this institutional shift. We're trying to attract more of an institutional audience, but then there's also this like quote unquote grown up DeFi shift type of thing where we're seeing um, a little bit of a uh, we're swerving back into, I think, more of a centralized lens somewhat, not completely, but it's it's just how how is the Cosmos community going to move past the Terra explosion? Um, it was kind of a black eye, I think, on the the whole thing in, in some ways. And it was nice in another way that the chain ended up, you know, surviving. And it's a testament to the Cosmos SDK. But there, there are these shifts that I think we're seeing um, this just general theme that I kind of sense. Yeah. Um, but I think people are getting more realistic, right? Like, like we're talking about, like now we're focused on building protocols with real yield. And even the Adam 2.0 kind of announcement was about reducing inflation. Right. So I think like a lot of teams are, are beginning to realize and a lot of the space is beginning to realize that for longevity and for this to work in the future, we need to make sustainable models. And over time, I think we're realizing some of these high inflation ones are not that are not very sustainable. So it's a good direction. I feel like we're going. It's just now you have to navigate it and and try not to go too far the other way and find that middle ground where, you know, you're not decentralized, you're not centralized, and it, there's a lot of moving parts, obviously. But I do think we are heading in the right direction. Yeah, and so I think just to wrap it up, I, we should talk about the circle news. Um, that that was a pretty big news item yesterday the fact that circle is finally going to be integrating in the cosmos and they will be using interchain security so any usdc cosmos chain transactions will be utilizing the new security model which means atom stakers would be earning usdc from the chain's overall uh, transaction volume so what are you guys thinking? I mean, some people are super against this. Some are saying bullish because it's uh, just more opportunities to 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 engage in. Co- I I'm kind of on the bullish side of the fence with this one, but uh, you could argue. What are you guys thinking? It's it's kind of what angle are you looking at it from a value standpoint? I'd say it's very bullish for like price action and and general, you know good news for cosmos and, and the atom token but when it comes to is it good as a user maybe not because now you have a centralized stable coin where circle the actual company who owns it can blacklist your wallet or freeze your tokens so i guess it really just depends on you know what angle are you looking at it because to me it's a good thing in the sense we we having a native stable coin like usdc will likely bring in a lot of users because you need those USDC pairs for a lot of these um, AMMs, these you know LP farms, stuff like that. But then from a personal standpoint, I don't like the idea of centralization or um, uh, censorship. So that end, I'm also very disappointed. So it, it's a hard thing to answer. 
because I like it and I hate it. Yeah, I think you're just going to have to be careful in how you use it. Um, and we'll, we'll see when there there will be a case, I think, eventually where they, they'll probably have to blacklist certain apps. Um, if, somebody, if somebody was talking about building a casino on Twitter today and it's like, well, they would probably, USDC would probably just back, blacklist that app, right? If it was some yeah. permissionless, unregulated casino. I mean, so, which is one of the nice things about Cosmos, then you can just use USK or something else. So, right, you have the options, the option. but yeah, more options. Yeah. Always a good I mean, thing, I guess. USD coin has a forty-eight and a half billion dollar market cap, so I can't yeah. be bearish about that. Yeah, that's basically I mean, as simple as I can get with it, and I mean, it's only like you. I I don't know if uh, Ken mentioned this, but like, obviously, USDC helped blacklist those 48 addresses or whatever from tornado cash so obviously they're okay with you know it's it's a yeah i don't i don't really know how to word it but it's a uh, conflict of interest that hopefully proves favorable for the cosmos as a whole right well i think we will certainly see within the next couple of years they'll, they'll have some instance where they probably have to blacklist something on the cosmos chain and it'll be crazy when it happens but i think it will happen um but i don't think i think in terms of the overall evolution of the network this is like a good thing um it's inevitable okay so this is if, if you have an issue with the centralization of the coins it it's not a criticism really of cosmos for like embracing another project to come in it's really a criticism of that entity that controls those, that protocol. Um, so, I mean, it's inevitable. I felt like this is inevitable that they were, that they would do this. And I think it's generally going to be a good thing. Definitely agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been talking for a while, so those were, I think the main, the main headlines, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of Twitter threads going around, so we'll try to aggregate some of that into our show notes here. And then our newsletter tomorrow will be relaunched, so keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, last words. I mean, I think this was a pretty good roundtable. We have a lot more to talk about, a lot to digest. But if you subscribe and keep your eyes out, we'll have more content on this topic soon. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Definitely. Yeah, had a great time. Can't wait to get it back on again. Have a good one.